like whenever he acts up, I get all this flooded of emotions like, I'm a bad parent, I'm too lenient, I'm not disciplinary enough. Mm-hmm. Why do I have like all these all these things that I think of in my head? Tell Me About Your Kids is a chance for you to listen in on unscripted conversations with connected parenting specialist Bonnie Harris. As she talks with real parents like you about real struggles like yours, these counseling sessions get to the heart of why our buttons get pushed as parents and offer tips and advice useful no matter your child's age. Listen in and subscribe to let go of old habits and raise your kids in a way that feels good. If you're having a parenting challenge and need help, visit BonnieHarris.com for free resources, schedule a session, or get a free one-on-one counseling session by becoming a podcast guest. We're all in it together. You're not alone. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your kids. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I am Bonnie Harris. How are you? I'm good. I'm, were you asking are you the, the listeners? Uh, <laughs> are you asking me? Yes. Are you being the listeners? <laughs> yes. Not, I, 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 I panicked. I didn't know what to do. That's what, so maybe they all I sound like that. I wanted to do something a little different. We're fun. That's Adam, everybody. It is me. Hi, uh-huh. I'm Adam Arnone. I do the intros with Bonnie. She does all the advice. If you're just joining us, I am not an expert. So, <laughs> oh, but you are. I mean, I, I guess. I you're get, the I guess sound on expert. What. You're the That's musical right. expert. That's you're right. The... Did you? Do you remember? <laughs> what? Uh, Pee Wee Herman, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I certainly do. I was so. This is this is a topic of conversation that has zero to do with this podcast today but in my house this is something that i i feel like i do with my children he's in this biker bar Mm -hmm. and he he just he ends up there because he's looking for his stolen bike and he (laughs) all the what they end up doing ends up knocking over everybody's bike all these like this like biker gang's bike of course accidentally accidentally of course and then they drag him back in and they're trying to figure out what to do with him and they say they're going to do all these horrible things to him. And then while they're, while they're like holding on to his shirt all in his face, he, he goes, they say, we should do this to him and then this to him. And then he goes, I say we let him go. <laughs> out of the corner of his mouth. <laughs> oh, man. So lots of times I'll be like, I say you brush your teeth, you know, or something like that to my children. I- I know you just said, Adam, this has nothing to do with the podcast. However, this is where my mind goes. Okay. That's a great way to think about how do I figure out what my child is thinking right now? <laughs> I mean, that that's the voice, yeah. right? Yeah. Of especially in this podcast, this is the voice of Samuel saying, I need to keep it. It's mine. Yes. Right? No, that's that's definitely that's definitely true. Um you talked to uh, a couple today, which right. is always exciting. Yeah. Um you talked to Rick and Amy and they have two children. Um and you know, one of them uh is an integrity child 
mm-hmm. and that was you know that was language that it's always you know great when someone immediately is equipped with this language that you spell out in these podcasts and in your teaching but i i feel like we started talking about the integrity child this, yeah. the the 4 year old um but then we ended up getting into the 7 year old who is who is the older one right. um obviously if you can do basic math <laughs> God. Wow. Good for you, Adam. That's good. I, I feel like I got to really spell that out for the yeah. listeners. The seven-year-old is older than the four-year-old, in case for the people who are keeping track at home. Who were wondering which one right. was the older. Yeah. So for people who are playing <laughs> dumb, obvious things, Adam says bingo on the podcast <laughs> that hopefully you just got bingo. <laughs> the dad is more laid back. The mom. Feels like she has a very strong agenda that, mm. and she needs to be mm-hmm. there at this time doing this thing mm-hmm. to try to minimize the chaos. And the husband is, and the dad is kind of like, I don't know. We just end up getting it done. <laughs> That's me. That I'm, I'm the dad in that situation. I'm just like, well, Whatever. I don't know how they got on the bus, but, mm-hmm. they, got but they got on, on the, the bus. bus. Right. That's, that's all, all that I know. Matters. That's all. That's all I know. This episode is very much about the parents, just as much as it is about the kids. Oh, just as much. I mean, I, right. I guess they're all like that. But yeah, and they're doing a lot of the. It's a lot of common stuff that I hear. So I think all of you listeners will get something from it. That's true, Bonnie. It's this yes, time. It's it. It's the time. It's the time in the podcast where we talk about our affiliates. Thrive Market. Fabulous, fabulous organization, all kinds of organic food, everything, everything you can possibly think of except for produce, which, you know, you have to get that fresh. But really, they have everything and cleaning supplies and beauty products and all kinds of stuff. And your meats, seafood, wine, everything everything. Their emails are always full of free gifts. So every time you're ready to make an order, there's a free gift there. You're losing money not doing it. That's right. That's not true. But (laughs) we'd like you to act accordingly. That's right. And Earth Mama, I just love their website. It's so beautiful and so serene. And their products just look so soothing and wonderful from all kinds of baby products to makeup for teenagers to tweens deodorant and baby balm and diaper cream and i mean the whole gamut for all ages and it's great 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 ingredients and in everything so go to the liner notes click the links that are there and supporting them supports us yep there you go i think we've said it all i think so Hope everybody is safe and warm and comfortable out there. Here we go. It's hard to be aware of, let alone have consideration for a child's agenda and developmentally appropriate desires 
when low self-confidence keeps your head playing consistent negative self-talk. You get stuck in defensive and protective behaviors that may help you in the moment, but don't help your children. We can't underestimate the power of the messages learned in childhood that sink deeply into an immature consciousness and can control our behavior for the rest of our lives. This is why some type of connective approach to parenting is critical to break the cycle and heal ourselves. Rick and Amy, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? We're great. Thanks for having us. Very good. Thank you. Great. Uh, Tell me about your kids. So we have Samuel, who's seven, um, and he has, this is actually why, he's the reason why we saw Bonnie in the first place, because he had a lot of meltdowns a lot. Um, And then Greta, who's four and a half, um, who we discovered is actually our integrity child. So she is now what we're talking a lot with Bonnie about. Focusing on a lot. Okay. Focusing on. Yeah. So uh, why do you see her as your integrity child? Yep. Because she doesn't take no for an answer. She digs her heels in Mm -hmm. to a lot of things Mm -hmm. and she just is, like I say, a force to be reckoned with. That is that is the saying, isn't it? A force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. These kids are, whew. So I'm assuming that you have some power struggles when she's concerned, maybe both of them. Yes. What goes on for you when in those moments? What's, what's the driving force for you? Um, with me, what it's triggered is when my routine isn't, isn't followed or like if something goes out of um, my, what I expect or want to happen, like whether it's leaving on time or um, it's usually just not listening. Like every parent is not listening when the kids don't listen or um, like, I'm always so stressed of what I need to do next. I have a hard time being in the moment because I'm just thinking like 10 steps ahead of what I need to do, what's going to happen if, someone says this to this one, what will happen with that? I just get very stressed about time. And Rick is sort of the opposite. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is, I mean, like not the opposite, but you're just very different than me. You just sort of in the moment more, you're the one that is better to take them to birthday parties. Cause I just get stressed about, I don't know. I just feel like I just get stressed about a lot of things with time and like feeling like I have to get everything done in a day. There's just so much stuff to like think about and do that it just gets stressful. Well, Amy definitely keeps our family schedule and she keeps a like a tight schedule of work and when she has to be there. I'm a little more flexible in the way that I primarily work from home. Um, so, which is, it's become my responsibility really to take the kids uh, to school. Um, we both share the responsibility of picking them up. Mm-hmm. But um, to school in the morning, which is probably the toughest time because they tend to like to sleep in. And Mm -hmm. it can be a struggle trying to wake them up Mm -hmm. in the morning and getting them out the door. Mm -hmm. I think you're probably the only people I've talked to who have that issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's very unique to us. (laughs) It is. I don't even know what to say about that. Help us, Bonnie. (laughs) So it also sounds, especially for you, Amy, 
like this is an agenda issue, and this is an important issue for parents to understand about their relationships with their kids and the entire family dynamic. There are four of you, right? So Mm -hmm. how many different agendas are going on at the same time that have to be dealt with, reckoned with, fought about, agreed with, you know? And typically for parents, your agenda is really important to you. You're going to work. You're making money. You've got to be there on time. And the kids have to be at school. They have to be wherever they're going to be, daycare or wherever, so that you can get to work on time. And Rick, you may have a little more flexibility since you're mostly from home, but you still have to do your work. So, Mm -hmm. and kids have very, very different agendas. Now, the thing that is really, really important to understand is that your child's agenda is just as important to your child as yours is to you. This does not mean that it's all about giving up your agenda, letting go of your agenda to suit your child. And it is not about dismissing and belittling your child's agenda because you expect them only to climb onto your agenda and do what you want. And that's usually what's happening when we're thinking, my child doesn't listen. They resist leaving the house. This is, you know, that kind of resistance often comes from the fact that children don't feel that what they're doing and their agendas are important to you or even heard. So they're constantly bucking, fighting to get what they want because Basically, a child's agenda is to get what they want when they want it, right? Mm -hmm. So now let's talk a little bit more about what goes into agendas. Uh, If everybody can just think about what's going on in your mind right now, even, how many things have you put on hold until after this podcast is over. What are you doing? How are you feeling? Do you have a cold? Are you tired? Did you not get much sleep last night? Are you hormonal? What's going on with you? And thinking about how we tend to ruminate on all the things we have to do, what we should be doing, what we forgot to do, what's on the to-do list, what has to be done by the end of the day, right? All of that makes up our agenda at any given moment. The thing is, our children are the same way. But it's amazing to me how many parents I've talked to who sort of have an aha moment here because they don't even realize their kids have an agenda. Yeah, I think because I had been doing some of your workbook before, so I would say that that was like learning, like thinking about their agenda has changed the way mm. that I talk to my kids. Great. That has helped me Great. a lot with already shifting Great. this. Right. 
before I wouldn't even like if Greta, like with me, it's like with my whole, I don't have time for this thing with Greta, like wanting, picking her up from school. She always wants to play longer with her friends. Mm -hmm. And before I'd be like, I don't have time. I have to get home. I have to make dinner. I have to get it on the table. I have to do this. I have to do that. But I learned just fighting with her took up more as much time as setting. Now I set a five minute timer. Yeah. You know, so something like that, like thinking, like thinking of her agenda has made a big difference. Right. Good. With the fact that now I go, okay, you have five minutes, I'll set a timer. And now it's like, okay, she's listening to me. You're giving her a little something there. You're you're yeah. acknowledging her. And you can even say to a child, you, well, to Greta specifically, you just really wish you could stay and play and you would love it if I would stay here and play with you. We often don't want to say things like that because... We think that means, oh, now I've got to do that, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But if you say, I get it, you just, you really want to stay here and play and you wish so much, I would just do that with you. I am really bummed that I can't. Mm. I've got to get home and I need you to come with me. That's just... There's just that little bit of consideration, right? So if we want mm. our kids to be considerate of us, we've got to be considerate of them and what's going on for them, even when the answer is no. So a lot of times that's the tough point, right? That is the hard part is learning. Like, I think that's what I'm still struggling with is learning how to acknowledge and then also stay with my boundaries. Because right. in the past, we've always just given in, especially to Greta, because it's easier than the wrath that would Because come. that no just sends her in a tantrum. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. No, we're not doing that. And she just will just fall mm -hmm. to the ground. Yes. Just, no, she's not. Right. And with integrity, mm -hmm. kids, it's very important to learn how to say no without using the word no. Mm -hmm. You know, because they do mm -hmm. that, that no is a trigger. And if you can say, you know, I know you wish I would stay here and I have to get home is very different than saying, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So getting in the practice of not saying no, but you're still being very firm with what you have to do. But as we are with every relationship we're in, we are so much more amenable, accepting, and willing to go along with somebody who is considerate of us. You know, I know you don't have time for this. This is, this is something that is a, would be a huge favor that I'm asking you. I know that your life is so busy with your kids and blah, blah, blah. I really need help with something this weekend, if you could come over and help me. That's just, you're going to say, oh, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, but if you've got somebody saying, hey, I got to have help this weekend, come over on Saturday morning at nine o'clock and help me pack up or whatever you're doing. You know, you don't... No, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. more consideration there is for each other, the easier the agendas work, right? And 
Yeah, like we were just acknowledging, one of the hard parts is being able to say, I get that you want such and such. You really wish you could stay here and do this. Let's figure out when we can do that mm. rather than, come on, let's go. We got to go. We got to get out the door. Look at the clock. <laughs> Look at the time. You don't even have your shoes on yet. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, I'm hearing you say a lot, I don't have time for this. Yes, I say that a lot and I think it a lot. Um, yes, I do. So where, mm-hmm. where do you think that voice is coming from that you don't have time for this? So, yeah, I thought about that. Um, there is, let me think. Um, I think it's too, I think there's a couple things about it. I think it's either, it's like my, me getting anxious about, um, you know, my following my agenda or my schedule and like, I might think that I hate being late. So actually like a, an actual, like I feel like I don't have time, like we have to go. And then there are also times when I feel like I just really don't have time for it. Meaning I also don't like, I can't handle this right now. Right. You don't want to deal with what's in front of you. I don't want to deal with what's in front of me. Yeah. So I think those are the two, I think there are two aspects of it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first one, what would happen, worst case scenario, what would happen mm-hmm. if you were late? Well, for work, I just can't be late because I see people. I just can't. I mean, it would just stress me out and mess up my whole day. What would happen if so, you were late? Then my whole day would be late. I, I would be late and then I would just be all flustered. And then seeing my first person of the day, I'd be late. And then it would just make... That I just have to be late the whole morning until I caught up. It's like a domino effect. It is like a domino effect with me for work. So it would just feel very, it would just be. Is there any, I mean, is there any catch-up space in there at all? Or do you have one person on top of another on top of another? I have one person on top of another on top of another on mm. top of another. Yeah. Um, so for work, I just, Rick is the, he does the mornings because I just can't be late. I just, I mean, I technically, I guess I could be, but it just feels too overwhelming for me. So what do you do so that you're not late? So that you build in uh, the wild card of what's going on with Greta or Samuel in the yep. morning? So Rick is my wild card. Yeah. Rick is the wild card. Rick <laughs> manages it because yeah. he didn't, and he is also like, he's not as structured as I am. So like, I also can't a lot of times handle the way, not handle, but I get very stressed with a lot of his management of things. Like, I just think it's all kind of haphazard. Haphazard. <laughs> haphazard. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's, so what are you I afraid of there with his with hap- Rick's haphazardness? Yeah. Oh, it stresses me out. I just leave because there's like no, the kids don't know what, nobody knows what's coming. It's just like feels. So like Greta? Yeah, it feels like it feels like you're in like a tornado. I don't know. It's just like you're all over the place. But we, we do. We get to school on time. You do. I don't. know But how. we get there right on time. <laughs> I don't know how. We're he probably does it. one of the last ones in. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. I don't know. I'm already gone at work. I'm at work. I have no idea. I just like leave. I leave the same time every day, and I leave. Okay. I just but make you sure still his teeth are brushed. Leave stressed out. 
Um, no, because it's Rick. Oh, okay. He can deal All right. with it. Good. Yeah. So I don't mornings are out. not a problem no. for you. For me, no, because Rick deals with the heat. I'm like, this is your mess. You can just clean the it up. mornings when when she has to bring well, Greta when, in. But you, but it's rare that you have to go in and I have to bring Greta in because you're yeah. just so. I don't. It's very rare. So let's that. talk about an example of a, a really stressful time when you have when that voice has come up in your head with the, I don't have time for this. Come on, we can't do this. I've got to blah, blah, blah. Oh, like being late for things, like actual feeling late. Or anything that triggers that voice. The thing that a lot of it triggers, and I think it's more of like, I can't handle this, is when Samuel melts down. Mm. I often am just like, I just sort of shut down because I don't know I don't know if it's, I don't know what to do, or if I feel like, I think it's just, I don't know what to do. I just, I shut down when he will melt down. Um, and I just sort of, sometimes I actually leave, like, like leave the, the room. room. Mm-hmm. Not the house. Not the house. Yeah, just yeah, the yeah. <laughs> just the room. I'll just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just leave the room. So I, that's when I feel like I can't deal with it like that's one more of one like i can't deal okay let's let's take have you got a specific example in mind um well yeah i mean do you want to talk about which one which which time when he told he said f you to me the other day oh yeah that just Mm. just struck us Mm -hmm. yeah well that was a shocker we weren't expecting that Mm. yeah we know he knows these words but and he has, in the past, told us, oh, I feel like I have to say, I feel, and he warns us, yeah. he warns us, uh-huh. and he usually doesn't come to the point of saying it, but he warns you. But this, on this occasion, it just. He was so mad. He said, F you, mommy, you know, mm-hmm. but not F you, he said. Right. And yeah. then, and then, um, and I, and you know, and then I feel like whenever he acts up, I get all this flooded of emotions. Like I'm a bad parent. I'm too lenient. I'm not disciplinary enough. Why do I have all these things that I think of in my head? Amy gets flooded in the heat of the moment with negative self-talk as childhood experiences get triggered. Her father regularly yelled at her that she was a stupid idiot, keeping her in the submissive role he was able to manage. His internal rage, from where we don't know, could not deal with anything threatening his own pain, so it came out on Amy, who, of course, could only hear it as retribution for her inadequacy. Amy's self-doubt rears up whenever her children's behavior confirms for her that she cannot deal. And these are all the assumptions you're making about yourself. Yes. So you yes. tend to make them more about yourself, have judgments about yourself than Samuel, or does it go back and do you have both? It will go back and forth. It'll go back and forth, but I think it's more about me. 
And that's important to recognize that you're the most critical of you. Mm -hmm. And when you are highly critical of yourself, I'm sure nobody listening knows what that means. (laughs) Nobody out there is critical of themselves. Isn't it amazing how, how easy it is to put yourself down? Yes. It just seems to come so naturally. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's so hard to buoy ourselves up and give ourselves Mm -hmm. credit for things. My opinion is that because most of us have been brought up with enough coercive tactics that put children, quote-unquote, in their place— Most of us hold on to a subconscious belief, to a greater or lesser degree, of not being good enough that interferes with our parenting, among other things. There's a lot of work to be done there, right? When you're Mm -hmm. talking to yourself so negatively all the time. And it goes back into old, old stuff, right? But let's talk just for the sake of it. In this particular instance, when he said, F you, mommy, Mm -hmm. go back into that situation. What was your agenda? What was going on for you? There were two things in his backpack that I saw that weren't his, that he found on the playground. Mm-hmm. One was like a ring and one was a, a little sign. Keychain. A keychain with a kid's name on it. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't his name. Which wasn't his name. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, honey, like, what are these? And he's like, oh, I found them on the playground. I said, oh, okay. Well, like, you got to give them back to your teacher so if whomever lost them can find them. And then he got defensive. so defensive and mad. Because he, and like later... I thought and stopped that he was just terrified about getting in trouble at school. Mm -hmm. That if Mm -hmm. someone saw these, Mm -hmm. that he would get yelled at and in trouble. So it was just like he was terrified of that. And I guess terrified of having to bring it up with his teacher uh that he took them home. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about what was going on for you. You jumped right to, you've got to take them to your teacher. Like, I didn't even think about it because I wasn't saying, oh, honey, what are you doing with this? I just, oh, hon, you know, this, like what? Because he has lost stuff on the playground. So I said, remember that thing you lost? Like, wouldn't you be so happy if you found it at the lost and found? Because I know how sensitive he gets about getting in trouble Mm -hmm. and anything to do with Mm -hmm. that. So I said, just give it to your teachers so they can give it, you know, just... So if someone can find it, and that like set him off, I didn't even think about mm-hmm. it. That that was so. What's on. your expectation in that situation? Mm. Oh, of him at that time. Yeah. Okay, mommy. Of course, I'll do that. No, I don't. No, <laughs> like when but that led you to say, <laughs> "Oh, well, you you'll have to take it to your teacher and." Oh, that because he knew what was right from wrong, uh-huh. right? That he took these. Exactly. Because he, he knew it wasn't right to, ha- I mean, I'm assuming, but I don't know, right? I mean, I don't but know. I think for him, yeah, I was just going to say, I think for him, it's not like he took them out of somebody's backpack. Right. He found them. He found, he found them. them. In, 
Yeah. Finders uh, keepers. They were like Yeah, little, that's what he said. Yeah. They were like little said. treasures that's that he, he found said. on the playground. Yeah, that's exactly he said finders keepers. So your expectation is that he knows right from wrong. And in this situation, you knew what was right, but it was different from his right. Correct? Uh, yeah. See, the yes, right from wrong true. is a standard, right? He does know right from wrong. He also knows that if he finds something, it's his. <laughs> right? Finders, keepers, keepers. losers, weepers. Yeah. That's mm. like the nursery rhyme from the ages. So what you were doing was automatically imposing your standard, really. This is a standard mm. of how we function in the world. We do the right thing. But your right thing, in this case, was different from his right thing. Hmm. So what's his agenda? Where's he coming from? He found these. Now Now I'm thinking that like, he found these, and they're his, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's it. That's, the, I guess, the end of his story. He's okay to have him in his backpack. Yeah. If you can get to that place where you automatically think about what's going on for him. Mm. And now that we've said this, let's go over it. And what would you say, thinking about the situation this way, what might you say to him when you saw these objects in his backpack? I say I still have a hard time thinking of something different that I'd say. Let me see. I think I'd say... Or just, oh, I wonder how you got these. Like, maybe open it up with, mm -hmm. like, a like question, maybe? Or maybe, mm -hmm. like... I found them, Mommy. Oh, I found them. I wonder what you wonder what you think of the... Would the kids want these back? I don't know. If you're, that might get him defensive at yeah. the same time. Right. Like you're directing it with that. With, mm. oh, you should t give them to the teacher, or these kids are going to want them back, or how would you feel if you lost things? Right. You're putting a standard on him mm. that he's not, he's thinking differently, right? I'm mm. not saying y you want him to get into the head of stealing things, but something different is going on for him. But I think we we approached him as if like, well, you've lost things on the playground. Mm -hmm. And if another kid had taken those, how would you feel in that situation? And you saw this other child with them. And he said he'd be upset. Right. Let me just point out here that that's, that's a good thing to say for uh, a seven-year-old, right? He can... He's got the ability to think about what he would feel like. And I just want to throw in that it's really the earliest age, I would say, that that argument is a good one to use with kids. Because mm -hmm. little kids, when we say, well, how would you feel if somebody pushed you off the swing? They don't think that way. Hmm. In that stage of egocentrism, which Samuel has just moved out of, right? That stage of egocentrism, it's all about me. I'm not thinking about what, I, you know, that's too complex brain-wise for me to think about. But Samuel can do that. And he can say, I would feel terrible. 
So you know that. So can you then, and this is all about trust, can you then say, yeah, hmm. what do you think you want to do? Total curiosity and let him do what's right for him. Hmm. And what if he says, what if he says, can I keep them? I found them. What would you say? Then I would bring it back to, well, then what about, I guess I'd bring it back to how, how would you feel if someone kept something mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. yours? I guess if he said, if we would keep it, I would say, but honey, that's just not the right thing to do. I don't know. Then he'd probably get triggered again. That's where the know. FU comes from, right? Yeah. He he's <laughs> he doesn't want to be told. Nobody wants to be told what to do, right? Yeah. N- uh, integrity kids, definitely. Yeah. But nobody wants to be told what to do. And you could say how you feel about it. Mm. But when you're saying that's just not the right thing to do, then he's going to feel like a bad kid. Because he wants them, right? Mm. He wants to keep them. Yeah, I have a really hard time with like thinking in that. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to... I get it. Yeah, it is hard. It is, and that's why the work, the work has to be done on the sidelines, not in the mm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. In the moment, you're just responding and reacting to what's going on, and so. The work is hard to do, but the work is about looking at what's going on from his perspective, how he's seeing it, making sure you take that into consideration. When you say, oh, well, you just better give that back to your teacher, you're putting your expectation onto him, and he's not yet successful at meeting that, Mm. right? We want to set our expectations for our kids so they're successful meeting them. Because I don't know whether either of you feel uh, that you know what it's like not to be able to meet your parents' expectations. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know how that feels. (laughs) Tell me how that Mm -hmm. feels, Amy. I mean, I guess I just never felt like anything I did was ever good enough. Mm. Um in that realm. And that's what we don't want to pass on to our kids. Yeah, I know. It's such a common, nothing was ever good enough. I couldn't ever get it right. I couldn't, I always had to push, push, push to get my parents' approval. I couldn't get them to see my side of it. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much that I, I'm not good enough or I just, it's, it's not good enough. What I'm doing is not good enough. That's what's fueling your thoughts about yourself as a parent. I'm not good enough as a parent. Yeah. I'm not doing it right. Which gets translated into, I don't have time for this. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with this. We got to get on. We got to move on because I don't want to feel this pain. Mm. 
I don't want to feel this pain that I'm not good enough because that's what's getting triggered. Yeah, I know. I do. I do think. I know. And I get a little uncomfortable talking about it. Of course. Of course. This is hard stuff. Things that are tough, you know. But yeah, I do. But you're also very self-aware. You're you're Mm -hmm. thinking about this a lot. This is, you know, this is the only reason I'm saying all this stuff because I know you can hear it. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. it's it's just that next little shove. Yeah. That's why Yeah, but I do I I do wonder. Mm-hmm. I do think. Yeah, I do. I mean, cuz there are many times when I'm just like, what? I mean, like I feel like when we initially called you, we were in like the lowest point of our my, at least for me, our parenting. I was like, what are we doing? Like why? Mm-hmm. Everything just felt so overwhelming and everything just felt getting better. Yeah. Now. Now it is. Now. But it's still. I think it's gotten better with Samuel. Yeah. And I've but been I think working he's, yeah. harder with Greta too. Like with things. Trying to set boundaries because I never set, set boundaries before with her. I think that might have something to do with my insecurity as a parent too. Just giving in everything. Exactly. Exactly. And you're giving her so much power when you do that. So much power. Yeah. Mm. Which means which you know. Which means you have none. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the th- the main message here is when our buttons get pushed and we reach that choice point of Do I blame my child for pushing my buttons Mm -hmm. or do I take responsibility for them and work to change them? Mm -hmm. And when you go with the second, your children become the most important teachers you will ever, ever have. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's, and other things that, um, with Samuel when he said, you know, anytime he acts up or says something, I always go back to, you know, like how I was raised where you're supposed to always behave no matter what. You right. Know? Exactly. Like, kids, like my dad always says, kids to be seen and not heard. And that so was I always my get father anxious. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always get anxious because I'm like, I always feel that, like, have that voice in the back of my head being like, thank God my dad's like, what if my parents were here when that happened? Like, and that's when I even explode and yell when my parents are around. I, well, if you weren't, if you weren't good enough for your parents and what they expected of you and you're Mm -hmm. then not doing with your kids, what they did with you, then you're doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. letting go, which is the hard work. It's letting go of that voice in your head that's telling you what you have to do, what you had to do as a child, mm-hmm. and changing that filter and looking at the situation from a very different point of view. And mm-hmm. that's what the parenting work is all about. Yeah, and that's hard because even like with Samuel thinking that, like I would have never thought that he... I don't know. I would have just been like, yeah, you know that. Like I just, that was hard of me to even think like, no, he doesn't know that. No, he doesn't know that. Even though he told me 
mommy, I found it. You know, yeah. it's mine. Yeah. He was kind of proud of himself. He was, yeah. yeah. He's like, I found, no, he was defending, but he was just even said like that it's, it's mine. So I still, I still didn't hear him, I guess. All right. Well, lots to think about here and uh, to be continued. Hmm? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this. Oh, thank you so thank much. You, we really appreciate yeah. everything. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.